Good morning. Uh, what a great joy and honor it is for me to be with you all this morning. And I bring greetings to you all from all the way from India. And my family and my church is sending you all greetings. And even all the pastors in the villages, in the network, and they're also known to you all. And they're also sending their greetings to you all. What a great joy it is this morning to stand in the Lord's sanctuary and worshiping him in the beauty of his holiness. And today, it's my great honor and joy. And as Pastor Steve said, that my, my sharing would be short, just sharing what the Lord has put in my heart. Then later on, there is so much that uh, what you need to know as the church that we need to know what's going on around the world. So that's going to be shared and Pastor Steve is going to interview me. My friends, this morning, uh, I just wanted to share something what, what the Lord has put in my heart. And just before that, and when Pastor Steve was sharing about the, the prayer time, let me tell you how, how powerful the prayer is. Charles Spurgeon is known as a very powerful man of God, and he preaches, and he brought the revival in the English land. And I was reading one of his, I, I kind of, I was reading his books, his biography, John Wesley. You know, once Charles Spurgeon said, there were people that asked him about his secret, the success in the ministry. So he took those people who asked him about the secret of his success in the ministry, he took them to the basement of his church where there are people who were praying in that place. And he named that place as the powerhouse. So he said, I have the powerhouse and that's the secret of the ministry success. Let me tell you, my friends, our families, our ministries, and our church, we all need a house, the powerhouse in our homes, in our family, and in our church. Prayer is the thing that changes everything. And, you know, when the church in the book of Acts, when they prayed, they have seen a great miracles. And God is not done with the miracles. He is still doing the miracles in the church across the world. So let me encourage you, please be part of that prayer time and give yourself to the time of prayer and pray and see what the Lord has done for his church. This morning, and as Pastor Steve said, that uh, just ask me, I mean, I prepared myself to share what the Lord has put in my heart. The book of Romans chapter 5, verse 3, actually, Paul was telling that, you know, he, he was actually mentioning in that portion of Scripture that the faith triumphs in the trouble uh, that's the theme of the first portion of the scripture, but at the same time, in chapter 5, verse 3, he was clearly mentioning that we should be glorious in the tribulation. So I may be sharing that something related to this portion of the scripture in my talk. And meanwhile, and let me tell you that while coming here, I had a long wait in Tokyo. Uh, so I, was, I had a waiting of 14 hours. Then I started to read the Bible. I read the Bible when I was sad. I read the Bible when I was disgraced. I read the Bible when I am happy. I read the Bible when I am travel. I read the Bible when I am waiting for somebody. I read the Bible when I am waiting, connecting for my flight. 
So this has been a great friend of mine for the last this many, I mean like ever since 1994, God called me to the ministry. This became a best friend than anybody else in the world to me. Praise God for that. So I was just reading the book of Isaiah chapter, uh, many chapters, then in chapter 5, verse 10 and 11, it says that, let me read you that portion, for as the rain comes down and snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, so that it may, that if may give you, it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but I shall accomplish. But it shall accomplish what it what I please, and uh, it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. The word it says that the rain and the snow is coming from the heaven and from the Lord and it is raining on the earth, and it is not going to be written the same way. The Lord, has, the Lord is sending the rain, and the Lord is sending the snow for a purpose. It has a mission. While riding from the airport to home, Bill was telling to me, the grass is brown, we need more rain. So the rain has a purpose to, you know, to bring the prosperity, to bring the joy, to bring the happy. Likewise the snow, likewise the word of God. When God is speaking to us this morning, when God is sharing his word through his servant this morning, let the same word be instilled and uh, established in our hearts and that it uh, multiply and bring the joy to our hearts and peace to our hearts. Let me tell you, my friends, as I was waiting, I was just thinking, and I know that I, I'm going to share here, then I'm, I'm praying in the Lord's presence and I'm asking, Lord, Lord, what do you want me to share? Then this is the thought that the Lord has brought into my heart. You know, across the world, even in the third world countries, people are very eagerly, they wait, especially the Christian body. People, they eagerly, I mean, they, they, they wait for a miracle. Especially in these times, uh, we, we really love the miracle of the healing. Uh, back in India, we pray for the people and God God does the miracle, people get healed. Of course, God, even today, even right now, in our midst, when we pray and the faith, by faith, and God will surely heal. But I was thinking, you know, people are very hungry for the healing. But my question was, when I was thinking, is that, that's it? Then, the Lord was telling to me, there is something more powerful than the healing. There is something more powerful than the healing. Then the Lord brought this thought into my heart. There was this man in the, you know, we read in the Bible, Paul the Apostle. He had such a big prayer in the book of 2 Corinthians, maybe in, it's in chapter 12. And he has such a big prayer. Lord, there is a thorn in my flesh. And, it, and, 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 and it's been bothering me. And it's been giving me the pain, the, the crucial, the excruciating pain. When Paul prayed, there were many people that were actually healed. And coming to him personally, when he was praying in the Lord's presence, Paul, you're just asking for the healing, but I got to tell you, I'm going to give you that is more powerful than the healing, which is his grace. And he said, 
Grace is the gift of God. Grace strengthens and makes us perfect in our weakness. My friend, let me tell you, healing is needed. I need the healing and you need the healing. We all need the healing. We all need the healing in a different part, you know, different areas of our life. Maybe sometimes we need the healing in our family relationship. Sometimes we might need the, the physical healing. Sometimes uh, we might need the healing in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Of course, God will surely give us the healing, but there is more beyond the healing that we need to know and we, to ex we need to experience of that, and that is the grace of the Lord. And the Lord himself said to Paul, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, and it will strengthen you in all your weaknesses. When I thought, when the Lord gave me this thought, hey, this is the one that you need to know. This is the one that you need to share with the church. I said, Lord, the tears rolled on my cheeks. What a good God you are. And what a great God you are. You are showering your grace on me. You are showering your grace on the church. And you are showering your grace on each and every family. Let me share maybe these two or three thoughts about the grace then how it is, you know, grace is the gift of God. By His grace, only by His grace, and we are saved through the faith and through the blood of Jesus Christ. It is the gift of God. We, are, we all want the gifts, especially when the Christmas season comes. Children, they love the gifts. Of course, everybody, we, we, we even we, the adults, we love the gifts. But the, you know the precious gift that, is, that we are getting from the God is His grace. Grace is the gift of God. Grace strengthens and makes us perfect in our weaknesses. And also number three, grace justifies us freely through the redemption of Jesus Christ. In India, you know, India is a country which has many superstitious believing, predominantly Hindus. These uh, Hindu believing people, they think that they need the righteousness. So in order to gain the righteousness, they make the travel to the, to, they make the pilgrim travels and they take maybe some money or maybe something else and they go to those places and they submit those thinking that they will be, uh, they will be cleaned their sins are forgiven and they, they, they are justified. But let me tell you, my friends, not by the deeds. Not by the deeds. The Bible is clearly saying that we only be justified only by the blood of Jesus Christ, only by His grace, we are only justified and we are free by the redemption of the Jesus Christ. When the Spirit of God is downloading this thought in my heart, then I was thinking about myself. Who am I? Who am I? Born in a family that was considered as the society as an untouchable guy. My society was telling me to that I am not supposed to, uh, to live among them. I was excommunicated. My grandparents were excommunicated. Here is the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ that was telling to me, My son, you are not excommunicated, you are loved. 
and there is blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on my behalf. What a grace it is. It's only the grace today that I'm able to stand here. Let me share these two incidents that happened recently. We, we have our church in India, in Vijayawada, a pastoral church, where there are over 100 people who are the first generation Christians. All the neighbors in our neighborhood where our church is, they're all pro-Hindu mindset. And there is one guy who always, for the last 15 years, he always have the problem with me. And he doesn't want the church to be there. So one fine day recently, maybe in the month of May or June, he drafted a letter against me that they didn't want the church. So he wants to lodge the complaint against me. So at the same time, he wants to get the support of the, the rest of the families in the neighborhood. So he reached to a first family in the street, and he reached to the lady in that home, and, she, and he asked her, uh, 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 do you, make, do you sign on the papers? Are you, are, you, are you literate? Do you read and write? And do you sign on the papers? And she, the lady said, yeah, I do sign. And I, read, I do read. And I have brought the letter here that you need to sign and you need to support my cause. And that lady asked him, what is that letter is talking about? And he said, you know, we all are the Hindus and the Brahmins. And uh, there is a church, and we don't want the church. So I want to complain. I want to lodge the complaint against the church and the pastor. So I'm needing the support of the neighborhood, the local families. So here is the letter that is drafted. I want you to sign me and support my cause. So the government might think that all the people are against the church. So that lady told him, sir, uh, I never been to the church, but I have seen the pastor. I have seen him outreaching on the, on the, on the Palm Sundays. I have seen him outreaching doing the, the carols on the Christmas time. But uh, uh, he seems to be a nice man at the, at the same time. I wanted to tell you, this lady was telling to him, my husband is also reading the Bible in the home so, I cannot sign your letter against my husband's wish. Then that was the moment that letter was not promoted to any other door and it stopped. You know, we have a promise in the scripture that any weapon that is forming, that the enemy is trying to make against us, it's not going to be prosper. It's only the grace. Second thing, number two, we had so many bad things happen. The government is carrying out so many bad things against the Christians. My desire, my passion, along with the ministry, I always stand on behalf of the people who suffer in silence. In the state of Manipur, extreme persecution is happening. We're going to share it later and so we carried out the peace rallies and the protest rallies in our town ex uh, uh, with, with the help of every, every other uh, pastors in the town and the fellowship. So I personally organized three peace rallies uh, in different towns. The government was tracking me and the government was monitoring me. On the third event, when we were doing the, the peace and protest rally, 
there came a man and he was he pulled me out of the crowd and he was asking me sir we want uh, what is your name i said maybe i was thinking he was somebody else who is also interested in the peace rally i said this is my name my name is jay jay kumar and he asked me can you give me your telephone number okay then i gave him my my telephone number then he was asking my address where do i live then i got this suspicious thing then i asked him sir before i give my address i just wanted to know who you are then he was smiling then i understood that he is something they asked him are you the one who was being sent by the government as the special branch officer then he was smiling then i said to him and the government wants you to be uh, the the higher officer wants to see me and the the send then i said when when they want me they called me in the month of july when we were carrying all these protests the officer was telling to me that i i was speaking in the media there were in the newspapers and all the all the things that we are in support in solidarity of the suffering people when we were carrying out all these protests and the peace rallies the government was showing me all the videos that i have been doing and all the all the voice that i gave against the government i mean like i was demanding the justice and they were saying to me if you continue to do this the government might think to impound your passport uh i shared this with our friends and we all prayed and uh, only by his grace i almost thought that i may not make this trip this year if the government might take my passport but praise god and god has protected me from that and here i am today to give my voice and to share what's going on in the nation of india my friends let me tell you my friends let me tell you it is only the grace grace is powerful than the healing and the grace is the only thing that enabled me to stand here in your midst today may the same grace of the lord abound in your life and in your family and especially on your children can i pray for your children if your children are with you before pastor steve comes let me tell you i was in netherlands a pastor was speaking sharing in the church and he was saying to that the uh, after the pandemic the one of his church believers daughter went back to the school all the children in the school were carrying the flag of the rainbow only this child was not carrying and in the netherlands they made a big rally of 10000 people and they publicly declaring to the nation saying that we are coming after your children same happening in india let me tell you my friends our children need jesus our children need jesus they need to experience they need to taste the love of jesus before pastor steve come would you please join with me in the prayer as we pray for the children and may the grace of the lord abound in the life of the children and may they grow and may their minds and their hearts be concealed in the blood of jesus christ heavenly father
I thank you for this blessed time. Thank you for the grace that you bestowed on me, on my family. And thank you for the grace that you have given to me this morning. Lord, I pray for the children across the world. As the enemy is no more hiding, Lord, I pray for the children. Lord, I pray for the children here and all the families. Lord, put the hedge of protection. Lord, guard their minds and their thoughts and their hearts. Let the evil may be hidden from their eyes. Lord, let the evil speaking may be hidden from their ears so that they may hear only your word, only your voice, and they may be, Lord, protected under your blood. I submit all the children to your mighty hands. In Jesus' name we pray and we all say, Amen. Thank you so much. I call upon Pastor Well, I wanted to come up today just to help uh, inform you guys a little bit more of what's going on where Pastor Jay lives in India. Um, they live under a caste system. It's, uh, it's kind of a monarchy a little bit, um, but it's also got a lot of communism in it, I think. But the, the caste system is called... Uh, Brahmanism, yes. Brahmanism. Brahmanism, and there's there's different levels, but there's five main levels, and the top level is the Brahmins, and they're the they're the chief priests. Okay, now the the Hindus worship some, I think, three million gods. Three million three, gods. No pressure there, right? Um, I mean, they're worshiping three million, not just three million gods, but three million angry gods. Yes. Uh, we serve a loving God who loves us and always has a smile on his face for us. And, and I, I can't imagine trying to appease three million angry gods. But, uh, you know, you can understand why there's so much craziness going on there. The second level is Kshatriya. Uh, Kshatriyas. Kshatriyas. They're, they're, they're the main rulers of all of India. So you got the chief priests at the top, you got the Kshatriyas are the, are the rulers, and then, I don't know how to say them, Vaishya? Vaishya. Vaishya. So Vaishya, the third level, is involved with uh, the trading, the import and the exporting. Uh, they, they deal with all the basic money-making stuff. They're never in the military, and all the major money belongs to them. And then the fourth level is the Shudras. Shudras, is that how you say Shudras, it? I'm yeah. speaking some Indian yeah. here right now. This is pretty cool. <laughs> These, this fourth level, they're, they're the labor force. They're the strong labor force of that whole area. But then uh, the, the, the Dalits or the Adamalu, Adamalu. Is, yeah. is considered the untouchables. They are the mass majority of those in India who basically don't have any rights. Mm -hmm. And Pastor Jay and his ministry are considered untouchables. And so you can understand why, why the grace of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ is going out strong amongst them. Because in a sense, they're outcasts. They can never really get forward enough. I mean, the average man works all day long for 5 to $8 dollars. 
and the average woman only makes three to five dollars a day. A day. And, but the gospel is going out strong, and the gospel is going out powerfully, and, and I'm so blessed by my brother and their efforts and what they are doing. Um, they've got some uh, 78 men who are going to be ordained in February. To, yeah, amen. And they're going to go out, and the, their way of travel is bikes. We're going to get them bikes, and they ride from village to village spreading the gospel. Um, and, and then the women, we, we're going to get them sewing machines so they can sew and help to raise finances so they can have all this Bible literature to give out and to encourage people and to share the good news. So the gospel is going out strong in the south area, but the real challenge is up in the northern area. And what's happened lately is that the International Religious Freedom, our, our organization from our country, has been banned from going there. So the government is against Christianity. The government is, has locked out the International Religious Freedom Group, and they've banned uh, Samaritan's Purse, and they've banned Compassion International. So that's why we, uh, you see that we do Operation Christmas Child. We also do, uh, oper what do we call it? Operation Christmas Joy? Christmas Joy. Christmas Joy. Uh, because we can't get Operation Christmas Child in there anymore, and we still want to be able to bless those families. So what happened after uh, Compassion got kicked out? Okay, uh, just before I answer the, what happened when the Compassion was kicked out, let me give you a little bit broader understanding about the caste system in India, as it is mentioned by uh, Pastor Steele. Uh, the caste system is very, very effective. It's a big deal in India, in everything, in the marriages and in the celebrations, in everything. They only socialize with the people from their caste, not within. Especially talking about the Dalits, the untouchables. My grandfather told me, he used to, the, the mandate for the Dalits were like, when they walk on the street, that their footprints should be erased. So... What they had to do is they had to tie a palm leaf on their back so when they walk that their footprints are erased on the dust. So my grandfather used to get clean himself only when it rains. They used to stand in the rain and clean themselves. That's the scenario of the Dalits. When the missionaries came to India, they reached out. I was hungry. You know, going back a little bit history, there was a huge famine in India and in my state. The Christian missionaries who were there already came along with the British and they wrote to America, then American Christian friends formed a mission board called American Mission Board, ABM. So they brought the medicines and they reached out the Dalits and they helped them to overcome the famine and lived. So that's a brief history of what's happening in India and, and about the Dalit families. And God blessed me today, even today. I was never welcomed to a Brahmin family. There was one time when I tried to welcome everybody in our neighborhood when we were inaugurating our church. They came after me by sprinkling the water mixed with the turmeric powder, yellow powder, thinking that I defiled their premises. So they were trying to clean their premises because I went there. That's the scenario of the Dalits and the untouchables in the family. Now the question is, Pastor Steve was asking me, what happened when compassion was kicked out? 
Compassion was sponsoring almost like of half a million children across the nation. Half a million children across the nation. The pro-Hindu government, which is right now in force leading the country, they approached the compassion office and asked the party, political party fund. Hope you are understanding. For campaigning, the political campaigning, they asked the fund. Compassion said, hey, this money is not for the political campaigning. This money is for the children. The very next day, Compassion Bank's accounts were freezed and Compassion offices were shut down. Today, as per the strategic and the news, before Compassion, when the Compassion was active in India, the human trafficking graph was very low. When the Compassion was kicked out of the country and there was nobody who cares about the children and about their education, the graph is kind of skyrocketing. So human trafficking has gone way up. Well, that's happening worldwide, folks. Um, they're also dealing with, uh, we got it pretty good here. I know food prices are high and gas is high, um, but I mean, when you work all day long for five to eight dollars, some of you won't do that for an hour. And that's just where we're at. But we can help these guys and support these guys. They're going through so much stuff. You have no idea what it is to live for Jesus in India. You know, the, the Christians are coming under persecution. The government won't do anything about it. You'll have terrorists that will come in and slaughter Christians and slaughter pastors. And the government just turns their back. They're, they're sort of in support of it. You know, clean up the problem. I think Christianity is 2% there. In, in, in India, uh, recently, not too long ago, uh, about 700 men went to an area and attacked a village, killing thousands of, of people, dragging the women and young girls out into the middle of the street and stripping them down and raping them before everybody. There's some 13,000 refugees on the run right now. They're trying to stay at schools or wherever they can. They've, they've ran to the jungles you got, you got thousands of families in the jungles. You have no idea. Those jungles are not safe. There's, there's, there's Hindu radicals there. There's Muslim radicals. There's, there's every kind of viperous snake, the mamba, the cobra, those tree vipers. There's tigers and lions and bears. Oh, my. I mean, and, and they're just trying to live. And, and, and Pastor Jay has been able to come in with teams to bring in support for them and food and stuff like that. And so they've been addressing these issues. But what happens now? I mean, uh, you know, what are, what's going to happen with all those people? Yeah, Manipur is a state, northeastern state, northeastern state, sharing border with China. Month of May, there was a, on the 3rd of May, these Hindu radicals, pro-Hindu radicals, their organization, their institution is actually banned by the International, Religio International Commission of Religious Freedom, United States. So that was actually banned. But that institution is very active in force in India. That institution is actually function only to trouble, to persecute the Christians. Their main theme and agenda is to make India as zero Christianity. So they, in order to reach their goals, they are doing whatever the method that they find. And the federal government is backing them. 
So in the month of May, when almost like more than 700 people, they attacked those villages, they attacked the women, they raped the teenage girls. I'm telling you, I have the, the, the news clippings, the, news, uh, 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 the newspaper clippings, and I've been to the place. They raped the women, they stripped them, and they paraded them nakedly in front of 700 people, all of them. Actually, when all these things were happening, the internet in that state is suspended even till today. I was speaking with my friend who been there just last Monday to give away some, uh, some, uh, some goods to the people. Then I was asking him, can you send me a church photo which was burned? And he was telling me there is no internet here. Only once I come out of the state, he, I will have the access to the internet. So that's the scenario even till today, even this Sunday. So the people were, they left everything. They left everything. They were sent out. They were living in the jungle, some of them, and they were living in the schools as the, as the refugees. I, from my town, by God's, I'm not bragging about myself, but I was the only one who traveled there, two-hour flight, 110 miles by road, took me 15 hours to reach there. Then I've been there. I just wanted to uh, go and see them. You know, I was reading uh, a book called Strategic Compassion, which was written by the Compassion International Vice President of Canada. And he was mentioning, we need to be a being Jesus to the people who are in trouble. I read that and I said, man, let me be the, the same thing. So I went there and I saw hundreds of women with babies in the refugee camps. I asked them, hey, what happened to their fathers? None of them have any clue about their husbands whether they are alive, whether they are dead. So these women are actually demanding the government, please, if our, if our husbands have died, give our bodies, give their bodies, so that we can give them the dignity of the funeral. The government is silence. And my friends, let me tell you, almost 250 churches were set on fire, destroyed. 13,000 families were displaced, and they're living in the jungle or in the schools as the refugees. When I went to a refugee camp, the women were telling to me that they are taking turns to sleep because it is outnumbered, the people who are staying there, they couldn't find a place to sleep. And when I reached there, I asked them, I found out through the local leader over there, the women are in need of the sanitation care and the children are in need of the baby formula. We spent a lot of money over there to buy the baby formula and the women care. We gave them and I praise God for that. And I'm going there again the last week of November to take the powerhouse. I mean like to encourage them through the prayer. Yeah. So um, I want to ask one more thing before we wrap this up. And um, I know you're familiar with what's going on in America. And looking at America, what's going on here, and looking at India, how close do you, you think that we are to the Lord coming? The Lord is very near. Across the world, not only in India, 
there are so many cavos across the world. Morocco, Libya, Pakistan. Pakistan is the country that they are bankrupt. They're up the, for sale, right? They are, the country is for the sale. Sri Lanka, the inflation rate was so high. Let me tell you, one, one, one egg in Sri Lanka was sold for $15, equal to their rate. I'm translating that. One egg was sold for $15. That was the situation in the Sri Lanka. Across the world, the so many cows, so much unrest, there is no peace. You may know when we see all these things, it is reminding that we are so close for his coming. We are so close coming. Let me tell you, India, last G20 summit, the India was telling to the rest of the world, the Western world, India is going pretty soon, is going with the cashless digital. society, digital currency. In all our airports now, right now, we don't have to carry the boarding pass. They're just scanning our face. Wow. Where did they get that from during COVID? They, they scanned all of our faces, even learning, using the AI beta system to learn how to find who we are, even with a mask on. You know, it's funny, we were talking about digital currency and other things, and end times, Pastor Jay and I, the other night. And, uh, and then that night, he sends me something from India, saying that India is pushing to go cashless, all digital. And then this week, I received a letter from the lieutenant governor uh, encouraging me to encourage others for Hawaii to go uh, all digital currency. And, and for some of you, you might think, well, that's cool because I already do Venmo and PayPal, uh, Apple Pay or whatever, something like that. I understand it's a convenience, but my point is this. This is the beginning of the end. We need to wake up. Jesus said in the end times, there's going to push for a one world rule. Okay? One world rule, one world military, one world health care, one world banking. The easiest one to implement first is the currency. If, if we don't fight this, they're going to put forward, Hawaii will become a digital currency cashless society, the idea is for India and every other country to go cashless, that when you travel between countries, you won't have to exchange cash. It's all digital. It will be done according to electronics and everything. But that is the first step towards the one world rule. Hello. We need to be on top of this. We need to be ready to fight. We need to be able to get the gospel out. The WEF, the World Economic Forum, wants to put in place global one-world rule by 2030. Now they want to, excel it to hap accelerate it to happen even sooner than that, in the next five years. They already are pushing for the one world, the World Health Organization, the WHO, is to have a handful of people tell you what they're going to put inside your children, what, what vaccinations your children are going to get. And if you refuse them, they will start cutting you off. They will take control of your digital currency until you comply. And if countries rebel, they will cut off imports and exports to those countries. This is all going down right before our eyes in Davos. This is what's happening right now. I share this with you because we are in the last days. We are in perilous times. Jesus Christ is coming soon. Amen. We need to be about the Father's business. We need to stand up and fight. We need to stand up and get the gospel out because he's worth it. Amen? Amen.
So we need some serious prayer right now. We need to be focusing our prayer. And listen, guys, this is not doom and gloom. This is awesome. We are witnessing this. This is what has to take place. And God has you here for such a time as this to get the gospel out. There's people on the North Shore that need to be saved. There's people in India that need to be saved. And God wants to use you. And I don't want you to be all doom and gloom. If you're you're having kids, have kids. If you're getting married, get married. If you're working on your college degree, do it. Keep going. We are to be about the Father's business till he comes here. We want to be the only joy in life that a dark world sees so that they'll see what we have and desire what we have and get saved. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I'm not doom and gloom. I'm soon in Zoom because Jesus is coming. And are you ready for him? I'm ready. I hope it's today. That would be great. Then we wouldn't have to pay taxes this year. (laughs) Guys, um, we're going to show just a real quick video. Four minutes, three minutes. I know. I'm sorry. You guys have been so good. You're hanging tight with us, and I really appreciate that. But um, uh, we, I, I want to pray for Jay, and then we're going to show how you can get involved with what's going on in Sower's ministry over there. So, uh, you know what? Would you all, would you just all extend your hand this way, Father? We uh, we pray for our brother and Lord. Uh, they're in the trenches there, and their life's on the line, and not only. Do they face jail time, but they face death for standing up for you, Lord. And I just pray for protection. I pray for uh, these 78 pastors who will be ordained in February, that they go out in the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that you protect them, Lord God. And when they come encounter with evil, that they shut down evil. And that the people will see and turn to you, Lord God. Bless my brother and his family and all that he does. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Run the video, please.